Welcome back to Wildflower Women. My name is Megan Prince-Will, and I am super excited to be here with you right now in this moment, whether you're listening in the evening or in the morning, in your afternoon, on your drive to work, or um, on, just on the road or in your house, wherever you are. Thank you for coming along with me on this journey. Um, we are talking about politics, kind of. I, um, I, I know you saw the title when you clicked on it, and I would just like to preface this with saying I am probably one of the last people um, who would want to talk about politics or would even be qualified to talk about politics, but I was, I just felt like, um, I have I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of opinions and I have a lot to say about a lot of stuff but most of the time I um my my personality I'm just not a um I'm not a seeker of conflict if you are an enneagram uh connoisseur <laughs> if you want to call it that if you love the enneagram and you you pay attention to what number people are i am absolutely 100% a 9 i'm a peacemaker i am a peace seeker i do not like conflict i do not like confrontation and a lot of the opinions about politics and different things going on in the world are sources or platforms for conflict to breed or be bred and i do not like it so i rarely share my opinions but um, what I want to share with you tonight, while, while, the reason why I said uh, let's talk about politics, uh, kind of, is because this is not necessarily politics. Um, this is just the Bible. Um, <clears throat> I'm, it's not, uh, not a Republican or Democratic or Libertarian or whatever other, um, de- uh, I almost said denominations, uh, whatever other... Um, I don't even know what they're called. Like, I, I promise you, I'm, I'm like the last person qualified to do this uh, or to or would even have an idea. But either way, I, it, it's not about that. Um, <clears throat> what I want to share with you, like I said, is just the Bible. Um, just some verses. Actually, uh, as I started preparing, I realized it's pretty much the entire chapter of Romans 13. Uh, and I, I want to share it with you, not, like I said, not to, not to give you a Republican view or a Democratic view, but to just give you a new perspective on how to deal with this. Because like I said, this is such a, um, a conflict and confrontation driven time that we're in. And, um, I want to try to give you a new perspective. And this is the perspective that I try to have, um, even in, in all of it, in my opinions that I have, I try to keep this perspective just because, like I said, I'm a peace seeker. I want peace. Um, I don't want conflict. So this is where I find the ability to, or the platform, I guess, my platform uh, is to seek peace. Um, so I want to jump right in here. Um, first of all, thank you, Jesus, for speaking through me. Thank you for guiding the words that I speak um, as I expound on what you've provided to me. Let it, let it make sense. 
and let it touch hearts, God. Not that anyone would, would view me as having some great revelation or some being something great or having some, such a, a, a deep, meaningful opinion, God, but that just your words would go forth. God, that whatever someone needs to hear, God, that would be what they hear, God. And if I say something that they don't need, God, that you would just block their ears to that, that they would hear what they need to hear, God, what you want to speak to them. So, God, I I pray that you would make this, set this table for every single person who's coming to eat, God, for every person, for every appetite, uh, for every every, um, uh, dietary need in the spiritual sense. God, let there be something that every single person who hears this can take and grow in, God. Speak through me and let your words be anointed that they would bring forth change and bring forth life and bring forth revelation or hope or peace or joy or whatever is needed. God, thank you for for using me. God, let me never speak that I'm not ordained and anointed by you. And let this moment be just that. In Jesus' name. So God, I, I just want you guys to just know that I, I'm speaking from, 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 uh, from what I feel the Spirit leading. So if it, like I said, like I prayed, if, it, if it's not for you, then I, then I pray that you would hear what is for you. Uh, so I want to start with Romans chapter 13. And like I said, I, I thought I was going to read a few verses and I've realized that it's actually the, pretty much the whole chapter. So bear with me. Um, we'll, I'm, I probably will stop as we go through and kind of bring out some stuff as we go. But I think we're, we'll probably end up reading the whole chapter. So uh, Romans chapter 13 in verse 1, it says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. All right, so everyone must submit to governing authorities because those authorities have come from God. I I want to hit on this because especially for for Christians, it, it... there's there's such an interesting dynamic right now um, of of people who are are saying that this person this this candidate is exactly who this person is is God's choice and then there are other people who have a different view that say no this person is God's choice God doesn't this person is so far from God that it doesn't even make sense that you could think that's this is God and then the other people say what are you talking about this person so far from God you must be crazy if you think this person is God so we go back and forth trying to prove our opinion of who we think is the person God wants us to vote for or who Christians should vote for or who people should vote for and I, 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 I find peace in this. I find peace in this verse. And I, I want you, I I hope that, that if you're struggling, um, with who you should vote for and who is the right person and who is going to end up there, I, I hope that you can find a little bit of peace in this verse because this verse says that everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. 
I love this because for me, like I said, it gives me peace. Um, but it's, it's like a, I can take my hands off of it. I, I can step back and say, you know, I, I'm a control, like I, I enjoy having control. I like to be able to control things. And when I feel like I don't have control, I get anxiety. But at the same time, I like knowing when I have absolutely no control because that means I, it's not my responsibility. And if it's not my responsibility, then I can't be held responsible if it goes wrong. And then I don't have to feel like I'm, I have to step up if it goes perfectly right and be, make sure that it goes right the next time. So this verse just takes the pressure off of us as Christians. Um, it takes the pressure off of us of, you know, we, we don't have, we really, we, we really don't have to worry. We really don't have to stress about who's right and who's wrong because the Bible tells us that God puts the people in authority who he wants in authority. Every single person who has been voted in authority, whether they were good or bad, was placed there by God to serve a purpose. Every person in our American history that has been a president, whether they failed tremendously in our eyes or they were extremely successful, I firmly believe that they were placed there by God for a purpose. And the people who feel like the Christians feel like failed, maybe that those people got Christians praying in a certain direction, uh, things that we needed to do or things that we needed to see so that we could make a change in what we were doing. That people that did everything right, maybe, you know, that was just a time of peace. But either way, it, every single person that is in authority has been placed there by God. And it goes all the way down to the people um, who are in authority over you in your everyday life, your boss. Uh, that person has been placed in authority. The Bible tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So we know as children of God that everything is working together for our good and for God's glory. So we know that if somebody has been placed in authority over us, then they've been placed there by God. If we have a boss who is just horrible to us and we feel like this boss is the worst person in the world, we still, this, this verse tells us we must submit to that because God has put that person in our lives and we must humble ourselves to look at this person as say, and say, you know what, if I feel like you're doing everything wrong, maybe God is using you to bring something out of me that is not perfect. God is always perfecting us. The Bible tells us that it assures us that he is going to continue to do, to perform the good work that's the, that he's started in us. He is going to perfect us until the end of time, until the end of our time on this earth. He is always working in us to do that good work and to do that good thing, to perfect us, to make us more like him to sanctify us to where we look more and more like him. So maybe those people that are in authority over us that we think are so wrong, maybe they're serving as a mirror for us, that God's put them there to serve as a mirror to see, so that we can see our own reflection of what we need to work on. But if we don't look at it like that, if we always look at it as this person is wrong and this person is not doing what God wants and this person is not doing what God wants, then we we, we pass up that opportunity to step back and look at ourselves 
and grow. And I find that in my own life, when I take a moment and step back and say, God, wait, what are you trying to teach me in this? This is not fair. This person has not done what they were supposed to do. But what are you trying to teach me? Because regardless of what other people are doing, I know that you have a purpose and a plan for my life. So what are you teaching me through this? So that's how we're, that's, I believe that is how we are supposed to view authority. Whether they're good or bad, we're supposed to view them as, God, what are you teaching me through this? And we're supposed to respect that because the Bible tells us that God puts everybody in their place uh, for a purpose. Um, but then the, the scary part of this, I, I, I read this in, in um, studying for this. I looked up this verse because I know that verse, God's, you know, that the Bible says to submit to authority because God has put them in their position. But then I, I didn't realize that in verse 2 it says, So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. And that kind of scared me because I was like, oh, wow. Um, how many times have I rebelled against authority and deserved punishment? Um, and how many times was I punished? And I didn't even realize it was because I was breaking the word of the, the law. The, not necessarily, you know, the law, but the word of God, the truth of God that says, hey, respect the people I've put over you. Because if you don't, it's like you're not respecting me. And there's punishment that comes from that. There's, there is um, uh, consequences to not submitting and not respecting authority that God has put it over you. So that kind of hit me like, wow, where have we, where have we failed in this? Um, and then it goes on to talk about uh, that authorities, that they, they don't strike fear in the people who are doing good. Uh, that are who are obeying the law, the their fear, the what the what where they strike fear are in the people that are doing wrong, who they can punish. And then um, in verse eight, it says it talks about paying your taxes and giving everybody what they owe or what you owe them. But in verse eight, it says, "Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation of love to one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law." For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. And this is what I want to say about politics. What I want to say about whether, um, no matter what side you fall on. This is what is important as Christians. This is what matters, is that we love. If you read 1 Corinthians 13, it says all of the things that love does not. Love does not keep a record of wrong. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love, um, love endures. Love is patient. Love is kind. If you think about all that love is, and this verse tells us this is, this is what, if we can do this, if we can love our neighbor as ourselves, we will fulfill the law of God. We will fulfill the requirements of God's law. All of those things, love. And as you look back, I just want you to kind of think back of what you've seen maybe on social media, uh, the things that people post, um, people that are maybe Trump supporters, the things that they post about Biden. Um, is it love? Maybe the things that you've posted. Are you loving? Are you loving Biden? 
maybe if you support Biden, the things that it have been posted about Trump, are those people loving Trump? Are they Christians? People that are not Christians, you can't really hold them to this standard, but Christians, are you loving Trump? Are those people loving someone that they don't agree with? Because the Bible doesn't tell us to only love the people that we agree with. It tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. The Bible also says in Matthew 5.43, it says to love your enemies. Love those who persecute you and do you wrong. Love them. In, in Proverbs 25, it says to love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Love those who hate you. Love those who hurt you. Because in doing so, in loving them, you are heaping coals of fire on their head. You are loving them. They, they can't win. Their hatred, their evil acts toward you, their persecution, the things that they're doing wrong, you, they can't win because your love is taking back the control that they think they have when they hurt you. Your love is, is removing the, the power that they have. Because you're loving when they don't deserve it. So you're heaping coals of fire on their head. Which when I think about that, I just, I feel like it means like they're wanting so bad to hurt you. They're wanting so bad to cause you pain. But when you love them in response to the evil or to the pain that they're causing or the hurt that they're doing or the persecution that they're providing. When you love them in response to that, they're, it's, it's, it's like it burns them up because it, it's the hatred inside of them that's causing that. And that hatred is burning inside of them that makes them want to be that way to you, that makes them want to do wrong. And when you love them in response, you're giving it back to them and it just makes them even matter that they, it puts them in a situation or in a, in a position where they either have to choose to give it up or move like, they move on or they hate you more. And when you love them more, eventually they're either going to walk away or they're going to figure out that what this person has is far more powerful than what I have. I need this. And you can love them to the foot of the cross. Loving your enemies, you can love them to the foot of the cross where they find salvation, where they become who they were created to be. And they find the love of God that they so desperately need. We are those ambassadors that are supposed to love our neighbor, love our enemies, love the people who view have different political views. We're to love them. We're to speak kindness to them. We're to find the good in them. And we're to, to speak to the king in them rather than to the fool. We're not supposed to bring out all that they've done wrong. The Bible, the love, 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no record of wrongs. So that means, that doesn't mean that you necessarily forget what somebody has done, but you don't hold it against them. So you don't say, you know what, you did this, you did this, you did this in your past, in your past, in your past, in your past, in your past. All of this was wrong. So therefore, in this moment, you are unredeemable. And that's what we see in the world of politics right now is the constant pulling out of the past and telling, that, telling people that because somebody did this in their past, they're unredeemable, that they're, they're, there's no hope for them. 
But the truth is, God is a God of redemption. Jesus, that is why, why Jesus died on the cross. That is why his blood was shed. That is why he went down into the depths of death, hell, and the grave and took back the keys and rose on the third day and ascended into heaven to the right hand of the Father. That is why he is waiting for the Father to say, go and get my children. That is why all of those things happen. It's because he is a God of redemption and he made a way for us in our brokenness to come to him and to find salvation. And every single person that we look at and say, your past is too bad. You don't deserve this position. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve to know me. You don't deserve to be in my life. You don't deserve this because of what you've done, because of who you were, because of who you've been. None of those things qualify you to be in this position in my life or in our country. You don't deserve it. That is not the love of God. The love of God says, Oh, this is who you were? Let me make you who I created you to be. Let's wipe all that away. Wipe all of that away. That is what my blood does. It washes it all away. And I, you know, as 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 much as it is it doesn't make sense to me at times, even the most evil people, I've been hurt in life. I've had people that I don't, I've, I, I've never really had a lot of enemies just because I love people. And I, I, I've probably had people who thought I was their enemy, but I just, I don't look, I've never really looked at many people as my enemy. There have been a couple, but not very many because that is, I, I am just a lover. I, I, that's, that's, I, there are certain things that, that, people have are are um strong in that I am weak in uh like like confrontation um I I know my husband is is one of the best um debaters I've ever met he can take the the he can make someone really doubt their own opinion like if they painted a wall blue he can, he can make you question, did you actually paint that wall blue? Because he's just that, he can go that deep into the debate. I am not strong in that. But what I am strong in is that I really, I genuinely just love people. So that's just who I am. So I don't have a lot of enemies. Uh, but I also am not I'm, not, I'm not really that vocal about my opinions. Uh, I, I actually mentioned to someone today and I told my husband that this podcast thing, it is, it's the craziest thing to me because I really can't know anybody's opinion because you can't comment on a podcast. So it's the, it's the most freeing thing for me to be able to say my opinions or say how I feel. Um, I, I hope that a lot of, I hope that most of what I say is not my opinion, but it is just where the spirit is leading me, but I can say it and I don't really have to worry about what anybody thinks. So this is a crazy platform for me. Uh, to be able to say these things, but I don't have a lot of enemies. Um, but the bottom line is that when people hurt us or when people are our enemies, the only thing that God has called us to do is to love them. 
to love those people because that is what that is what Jesus would do that is that is what he did that he loved the people who persecuted him it's on the cross when people were just tell you know hurt like hurling insults at him and and beating him and and just you know spitting on him and doing all of these crazy horrible things they were his enemies in that moment but rather than him saying you're my enemy he said father forgive them father forgive them and that is who we are called to be as christians and i want to read the last part of this chapter in verse 13 chapter 13 of romans it's in verse 11 it says this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is Time is running out. Wake up, for your salvation is nearer now than in when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or in jealousy. Instead, clothe clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Wake up. Your salvation is nearer now than it ever was. Don't participate in the darkness of this world, in quarreling, in immoral living, but in quarreling, which is what we're seeing so much in politics and so much of the debates on politics, which is why I would not post my opinion or my thoughts on Facebook, not, well, I guess if Jesus told me to, I would, but unless he tells me to, I'm not doing it because it will only incite quarreling. But instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it says in verse 13, it says, Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Live a decent life for all to see. Don't participate in the things of this world. Love above all else. Love. And that is what I want you to take from this. That is what I've gotten from this. And that is the, the, even in my own self, you know, like I said, I have my opinions that I don't share very often. I, I, very few people know what I think. Um, but I've, there's been a conviction or like a, a, a drawing that rather than think about who I don't want to be president, I start praying for both sides because this is the this is the thing at the end of the day no matter who you think is right or who you think is wrong every single person on earth Jesus died for them and what we should be praying rather than god make sure that this person gets in the office Or why are these people thinking, why are these people voting for this person? Or why are these people voting for this person? This person's right. This person's right. This person's right. Our prayer should be, Father, thank you that you will stand true to your word. That the person that you want in office to serve your purpose and to bring about your perfect will 
will be in office. And I can trust and rest in that. So now thank you for that. And I ask you to bless and to draw every single person in this situation. If Trump doesn't know you, if he doesn't have a relationship with you, draw him. Let it be real. Let him know you in a real way. That his life is not just what he has on earth. But that when we get to heaven, he can be standing there worshiping you because he knows you. If Biden doesn't know you, God, draw him to you. Draw his heart to you. Let him know you in a real way. That if he's doing something that's wrong, that his heart would be turned to you and he would change. That his ways would line up with your will. That these two men, one of them will lead our country. And I ask you that no matter who it is, that both of them, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that they know you. Because both of them have their errors. Both of them are wrong in many ways. But what matters the most is that they know you. And let me love every single person that I come in contact with. Whether they believe like me or they think like me. Whether our opinions clash or meld together. Let me love. Because the time is near. The day of salvation is so much closer now than it ever was before. And the only thing that matters is that they know you. Let me be a light in the darkness for your love for all to see and give me the strength to rise above the things of this world. And that is what God has called us to be. He has called us to be love to the world around us. So, Politics, kinda, but basic, love. Let every word you say and everything you do and every step you take be grounded in love. That you love your enemies, that you hold no record of wrong, that you don't disqualify someone because of their past, but you understand that because of their past, they are perfectly qualified for salvation. And that is who we're called to be. Love and light in this world of darkness. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I pray that God spoke in some way. I know that he spoke to me once again. I tell you every time I don't end this podcast without my own brain and my own heart being turned to say, wow, I, that, that's something I need to change. So we're in this together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And I will, we'll talk soon. I, I missed last week. I'm sorry if you were listening uh, or waiting for last week. I, I like, I, I just didn't, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know where God was leading me. And so I just didn't say anything because I didn't want to speak of my own, my own thoughts I wanted to hear from God, and so I waited, and here we are. So I can't promise there will be an episode next week, but God willing, and if the Holy Spirit leads, I will talk to you next week. So um, 
have a beautiful day, beautiful evening, beautiful week, wherever you are. God bless and just remember to love.